Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us, but before we get into the world, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your wonderful word, Lord. We thank you for the life and the light that it brings, God. We thank you for the joy in our hearts as we have another opportunity to learn more about you, Lord. We thank you for our partners and our listeners, our brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, and those that you're bringing into the kingdom. And we thank you for this, for having this opportunity to minister to them, Lord, and to equip them spiritually through your spirit, Lord. We just thank you for those things. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' amen. name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We are glad to have you with us as we, well, continue our study in the Word in the book of Acts. We're in chapter 16, but we are moving forward, and we're going to cover down in verses 35 through 40. So could I get a volunteer to read that section of Scripture, please? I will. I'll read it today, my love. All right, honey, honey. And when it was day, the magistrates sent the officers, saying, Let those men go. So the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison. And now do they put us out secretly? No, indeed. Let them come themselves and get us out. And the officers told these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. When they came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city. I'm sorry, then they came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city. So they went out from of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. All right, amen. So, at this time, as is our custom, the floor is open for each of you to have the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, and to ask any questions that you may have. So, who would like to begin? I will. I will. All right, promise. Okay, so the Lord pointed out to me verse um, 35 where it said, let those men go. And the Lord remind me of two different attitudes with the uh, magistrates and the jailers and how it said that the jailer, um, he had asked what he needed to do to be saved and he acted as though he was one who administered the punishment versus the magistrates when, he's, when they said, let those men go. It sounded as though the jailer had just grabbed them and ran off with them, and that they were trying to get them out and make sure that Paul, Silas, and Timothy were treated fairly. And the Lord reminded me, was reminding me of how especially most people don't like to accept guilt and ask, don't, they don't like to accept guilt. And he reminded me of what you said. Um, you had said that most people say, no, I'm guilty, and say it was just a system that was corrupt. Versus, and it's all, rarely only 
people and they usually go, no, I did it. And there, it's rare for a someone who is in jail for a crime to admit that they actually committed the crime. They're most of the same. I'm not guilty. They'll sing it no matter who asked them. Even if they know they committed the crime, they will deny it. People don't want to be blamed or held accountable. Absolutely. There's there's a select few that look in your eyeballs and say, yep, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> so go ahead, sweetheart. And how the Lord reminded me of one of the first steps to salvation is admitting that you've done a wrong. And the mm. Lord reminded me that it's impossible to say, I've done no wrong. Mm-hmm. I uh, believe James talks about it. I know it's one of those later books. First uh, John talks about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You a liar. Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Let me go. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> That's the Kamisha version. Let's go and look at that. Um. First John, if you say you have no sin, let's, let's say, mm. oh, first John chapter one, verse eight says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves that the truth is not in us. There you go. And then it's repeated, you know, at various times throughout 10, this, this book. Um, where it distinctly says that you call God a liar. Mm-hmm. Amen. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. So, but like yeah. you're correct about that. If you say you have no sin, then that means you have no need of a savior. And you think your own righteousness is equivalent to the blood of Jesus. It's enough to get you in. But you are mistaken. (laughs) And, you know, living a life without Christ is the same as saying that. Whether you ever articulate it with and form those words with your lips and send those those words flying through the air or not, living a day without Christ is the same as saying, I don't need a savior. Now, for children who are not yet aware, that's one thing. But for those who have come to awareness and live without Christ— it's like saying, I've never sinned. Or, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Go ahead, sweetheart. And also with First John, um, the Lord reminded me of Proverbs 20, verses, uh, verse 9, where it says, Who can say, I have made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin. Hmm. And the Lord also reminded me of, I believe it's, I'm not exactly sure the exact place inside Proverbs, but it talks about, um, I believe it says, the adulterous woman says, she wipes her mouth and says, I have done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. That's me paraphrasing it. And how it was the same with the magistrates and when that they were trying to keep from admitting that they were wrong. And as a result, they weren't fully able to enter into the forgiveness that they could have had. And the Lord remind me of that the Bible says, Paul talks about how first you have to confess with, you have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Mm-hmm. And as you pointed out, Mommy, that if you say that I'm clean and that I haven't done anything wrong, then it's impossible for you to have need have a need of a Savior. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they cannot say those words. Mm-hmm. And because they're saying that it's someone else's fault that Paul and Silas were beaten that as a result they're refusing a chance to be saved 
Okay, so if they didn't take accountability for their actions, mm -hmm. then there's no aid or help for them in Christ, right? Is that what you're saying? Yes, Molly. Okay. All right. Amen. Amen, amen. Anyone else? Yes. Um, well, let's hear it, LaCharles. What the Lord was showing to me was also correlates to the first verse of, um, not first verse, but verse 35. And the Lord was just showing me was, even here, the Lord had to be working on the uh, magistrate's hearts. Because if we look at this, they had, um, originally when Paul and Silas were in there, they had no intention of being let go. This wasn't just like a little intention and then you're being sent on your way. They had full knowledge of what they were doing and what they wanted to do and their plans for them. And which brings me to this uh, point, because if we look and consider this, one second, I have to finish flipping there. Okay. That after when Paul said they have beaten us and they have done this openly why are we being sent away secretly it was not necessarily paul just demanding that they come out and do it themselves so he can be proud or make them feel a certain way but he was demanding justice for what had happened mm. it was um i forget what it says exactly but it correlates to how if you does do something openly, you must also do the opposite. If you do something wrong openly, you must apologize for it openly before your brethren. There's no, you're, I'm not sure where I heard this from, but the Lord was reminding me of that concept of it's not you're being loud and calling people out, but then when you find out you're wrong, you're trying to be all extra quiet and say, man, look, I'm just coming to you like this. No, there has to be a correction and it has to be done the exact same manner that you did it with. Wasn't that what we have taught you about? I was just saying about to yourself? Say. Okay. <laughs> right? It, it has to be at a minimum even. But because if you are willing to go to one extreme on one end, why is it so difficult to then at, at a minimum match that same level? Right? In yes. the apology. And if it's not, is it, is it truly an apology? Or is it just a, an attempt at you removing your own guilt and shame? Not actually making things right with your brother. Right? And you see this throughout scripture. All right. What about Nicodemus? Or sorry, not Nicodemus. Um, oh, man. Zacchaeus up in the tree. Not, he didn't just say, I'll just give them back what I stole from them. He said, I'll repay each one four times what yes. I took from them, right? Showing yes. that same thing. He not only matched the same level with which he did the action, he exceeded it above mm -hmm. and beyond. Oh, and the, there's also the proverb, when a thief is caught. Mm -hmm. Yes. Go ahead, tell us, Lila. Let me get the bit. <laughs> <laughs> proverb 6. Uh, do you want to read the whole thing? That's... Verses 30 and 31. Please or, do. Please, okay. Yeah, read both of those. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is starving. Yet, when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all the substance of his house. Amen. Mm. So, their dignity, their rights were stolen from them in this case. The, the magistrates dealt 
unjustly and unrighteously with them. They didn't follow the law. They delved out punishment when no one was actually tried or found guilty well, of anything. Because why? They took the word of... Some loud folks. Some, some, loud okay. and angry people. There you go. Loud and then didn't oh, No, but let's, let's look at this, this difference here, right? They just took the word of, what, even if it was two or three supposed witnesses, right? The owners of the slave girl. And spun a whole multitude up. Well, have we not seen that same pattern throughout the book of Acts? Yes. Okay. That just a, a handful of people or a few people then spin up a multitude. But these magistrates didn't just hear the word and then go investigate or search out the matter. Right, mm-hmm. which we're told to do throughout Scripture. Uh, and I'll give you the example of the shepherds uh, at the birth of Christ. Right, they all the hosts, heavenly hosts, are you know proclaiming the birth of Christ. And you'll find, you know, the Savior of the world born in a manger. And then what does it say they do? They went and searched it out to mm-hmm. see if what was said was so. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a scriptural way that we should handle all things, whether you're actually a Jewish person person or not, right? Because we're talking about um, these mm-hmm. men said that we're Romans and they're trying to make us do stuff we're not supposed to, we're not allowed to do, you know, like really twisting it because anyway. So in this, Paul, the way he articulated, it was like, you didn't even follow, follow Roman law. Exactly. So whereas, you know, we were kind of referencing um, what the scripture says in the, the law, right? If we're just taking on a, a plain literal basis well that was written to the jews well okay well let's zoom out and and get the wisdom of the holy spirit which paul was doing saying you didn't even follow roman law so let's talk about that Mm -hmm. never mind the embarrassment and everything mm -hmm. else right that's that's verse 22 of chapter 16 they stripped them of their clothes Mm -hmm. and beat them with rods Mm -hmm. and now he's saying hey hey wait a second here this was this is literally your job this is literally what you're supposed to do is investigate the matter. And to take care of Roman citizens exactly. first. So mm-hmm. again, as we said in a previous episode, they also violated their own law mm-hmm. to get the outcome that they desired, fully realizing that they infringed and violated the rights of others mm-hmm. and, and did not care. And all Paul here is asking for is that they acknowledge that, right? Yeah. He, he will. He's saying, "I'm no, no. I'm not going to go silently. I want you to to say to be accountable and say, look, I did this, and it was wrong.' How do you erase the stripes on his back, the the wounds on his back? You you, you can't. Oops, I'm sorry. Magic eraser. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't quite cut it, you know, when he's been physically harmed and not, not to mention the emotional, what we call it, emotional damage. Right. The pain exactly. and suffering, yes. <laughs> the pain and suffering, uh, the American version of that. But, can, can the man even put on a shirt at this time without there mm-hmm. being pain? If anyone's had a, right. a cut or right, um, but they've been beaten. No doubt skin broke. Well, every time you put something on that, you know, promise you brought up about addressing, yes. right? gauze or something and every time that band-aid gets tore off there's a sting to it yeah okay yes. for each little fiber that was Man. stuck in there <laughs> but charles did you have anything else you want to say honey no okay so mm-hmm. go ahead honey i'll just say I, I find it interesting that 
so they, as in Paul and Silas, are saying, hey, look, these things happened. You violated your own law, and you violated my rights in the process. He wasn't, I'll say, holding it against them. He was just saying, hey, I just, just want an acknowledgement that this happened. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is that so important? Because it gives the other person that did the wrong an opportunity to humble themselves. Okay. And have God intervene on their behalf. And and the opportunity to make things right by them appearing. Now Paul can say to their face, I forgive you. Right? Notice yes. he's not here. At, and I'm not saying that you can't, you know, sue or any of these other things, right? Um take legal courses of action when you have been, your laws, your rights have been violated. I'm not saying that, but that's not what he's going for here. He's just saying, hey, I just want to have a conversation with these people. That's ultimately what he's getting at, right? Yes. 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 So forgiveness can happen and a number of other things. While that's not necessarily written in here, what is Paul's nature and character since receiving Christ? Has he not forgiven everyone up to this point? Well, we still have a little bit of a rift here with Barnabas that's in the background. There is. That's yet to be resolved. Absolutely. However, however, he is a new creation in Christ, most definitely, working out his soul salvation. Amen. Mm -hmm. So so in there is the opportunity, right? But they just wanted to, and we've seen this even, I'll say even in the U.S. and other nations today, I want to treat you however I want to treat you, the world, towards Christians towards believers, mm-hmm. embarrass you, get you to shut up, to be quiet, to stop talking, and then just go away. Mm-hmm. Ruin your name and, exactly. and things like that. And then when it's found out, because uh, the scripture tells us as believers that um, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Mm-hmm. And every tongue that rises against us and right. condemnation. And condemnation. We will, will condemn or mm-hmm. show them to be wrong. Not condemn them to hell, but show them to be wrong. And, and so that's our right from our Father, our Heavenly Amen. Father, as believers. Go ahead. So there's, there are those things to consider, right? which is exactly what the magistrates then asked them to do. Leave the city. They couldn't bear having someone there that they had wrongfully judged and punished instead of searching the matter out. They asked them to leave. And because they were Roman citizens, that has a you know, the Roman law was particular about protecting its own citizens. Mm-hmm. And if you bind one of them or put them in jail, you're going to answer for it if you don't do it right. And that, that was to protect them in other areas and against foreigners as well. But they assumed that these weren't Romans because of maybe how they looked or whatever, whatever their purpose well, was. Well, because, because it was it, said that they were of a different group. So they didn't investigate the matter and search mm-hmm. it all out. They judged... Without all the information, without searching out the matter. So then there, there's multiple lessons. One about judging, right? And I always say, don't judge unless you, or, or the same manner that you judge, you will be judged. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So there's one. So don't judge a matter preemptively, 
right? But search it out, investigate it. And, and by first and foremost, seek the Lord on it. Amen. Judge according to his judgment. Right? Whatever he says about it is that's, right. That's what Jesus said, right? Mm-hmm. I don't I didn't come to judge. But if I do judge, my judgment is true. It is pure. Why? Because he only said what the Father said, and he only did what the Father did. And his motivation was to see the will of the Father be done. Amen. So, so there's that. There's that lesson that we can learn here. But also, understanding, again, we talked about this in the previous episode, how the enemy works. Because we're seeing these same things, these same tactics, utilized today against yes. believers in a number of different ways. And, and the Lord will vindicate. Mm-hmm. We have the greater one living on the inside of us, and his name is Jesus, and we've already overcome the world by our faith in him. Amen. Right? Yes. By the blood of yes. the lamb and the word of our testimony, and we have our faith. Exactly. Now, they weren't dismayed. They were asked to leave, and they did so. So they agreed to it. They, they didn't say, no, we're not going anywhere, dug their heels in, and say, we're just going to remain in opposition to you. Right? This is no different, if you will, than uh, how Jesus described the, the husband giving a certificate of divorce, right? When he taught on divorce and he said, who knows if that one, if that one won't be converted by your righteous acts or deeds. Oh, yeah, that was Paul. That was Paul? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, forgive me. That's okay. So, so Paul's talking about there, right? But you see that same principle here being lived out. But then he says, if they ask you to leave, then okay, you're free. So you see that same, the same teaching, he's living it out here. But then what's he still do? He doesn't just run away. He still uses the time he has left in that city to build up others in the faith. Mm-hmm. He goes right back, that was verse 40, right? They went out of the prison, entered the house of Lydia, and then when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them, and then they left. Mm-hmm. And maybe because there's was... still testimony to be given, right? Mm-hmm. Look at all that the Lord did while they were in prison. Amen. Uh, that I mean, that is an encouragement, and a con- and a, probably an acknowledgement of the conclusion of why they had finished the work that the Lord called them to do there at that time. Exactly. And now it was time to move on. If Holy Spirit would have told them to stay, they would have dug their heels in. Mm-hmm. But as Holy Spirit is clearly, you know, leading, even though it doesn't specifically say that, Holy Spirit's leading, they went on their way. Amen. But I want to, you know, before we bring this to a close, I just feel led to, to bring this up as a reminder, right? We said this in an earlier episode, I don't know, within the last week or so. And it was not to be dismayed by l- what we think it should look like versus what the Lord wants it to look like. Amen. Right? There's For a couple of reasons. Paul is being used mightily. Mm-hmm. Where and how? By holding Big Tent revivals, by speaking in <laughs> churches and saying, no, by being in prison. Amen. By being lo- literally wrongfully arrested, accused, beaten, and thrown in prison. Mm-hmm. He's being used mightily. Mm-hmm. Uh, a person that many hold up Right in the New Testament, and many want to fashion their ministries and be like, mm-hmm. right? Amen. That's how he was used. So understand these things, but then also see. Wait, this is also preparation for what is to come in his life and ministry. All the different places that he would 
be led in chains. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing to focus on is not the size of the crowd or the numbers of people that belongs to the Lord. But did he get the well done? Did did you accomplish his perfect will for you? And when you, when he was received to glory, did he get the well done, the good and faithful servant? enter into my rest. That's all that matters. That Mm -hmm. is all that matters. Because if you lead millions to people to Christ and you cast out all the devils that there ever were in the world and you have the hugest ministry, you have the most money, you have the most people, whatever those things, those metrics are. (laughs) Whatever metrics you're going by are. you still leave this earth and hear from the Lord and Savior, depart from me, I never knew you. What did it matter? And we were like, those are good things. We want people to get saved. Absolutely. We absolutely do. But you have to put your eyes on the prize. The well done, the good and faithful. Holy Spirit is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit pleased with what I'm doing now. Am I doing your will? Am I in your perfect will? Am I being obedient to what you're asking me to do? That's it. That's the metric. Amen. I'm not going to say numbers and all those things don't matter. They, yeah, they sure, they, to God. They matter to the Lord. He wishes and desires, or not wishes, but wills that none should perish. But he has a plan and how things should go. If he's our God and we're his people, then we should be willing and desire to just come into alignment with his perfect mm-hmm. plan. Not just for our life, but for the lives of all those our, I'll say our neighbors, ourselves, those that he puts us in front of or puts in front of us that he assigns to our care. Amen? Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's stop there for today or pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for revealing things unto us, Lord, and just showing us the things that are correct, Lord, and just reminding us what's inside of your word, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for giving us the metric, Lord, so that we're able to measure up against it, Lord, and see if there's any area where we're failing, Lord, and, fix, and helping us to fix that area. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.